Hello, everyone. This is Jay Dobbins, your host of the Marvel DC Universe Fan Club, and I'll be discussing only one topic, which is The Dark Tower, movie Easter eggs, and book references. So, well, spoiler alert, if you have not seen, if you still have not seen The Dark Tower movie, I strongly advise you not to listen to this episode. So, you've been warned. So, uh, fans may be plunged into a world of magic and fantasy with the Dark Tower movie, but the wealth of Stephen King Easter eggs, movie references, and moments of fan service should help uh, it all feel a bit more familiar. Especially if viewers were hoping to see the Dark Tower films confirm the same shared universe that Stephen King has revealed many of his um, most iconic stories to exist within. Those connections will have to wait for the Dark for a uh, Dark Tower sequel um, to ever be explored, but fans can enjoy them immediately. So, needless to say, there will be spoilers for the move, you know, for the movie as we break down, you know, the references. Well, actually, yeah. Um yeah, these I mean, these are still spoilers if you have not seen the movie, so. But yeah, um so it's going to break down ref references only known to those we've um for those who have read the entire book series. The subtitles uh, sorry, the subtle nods and impossible to miss references to other uh, King films and everything else uh, we spotted in our uh, viewings. So, uh, fans, so n number 12, of course, is um, the Overlook Hotel. Uh, fans had best. Uh, strapping for a number of references and nods to not only the Dark Tower books, but a ton of other novels and short series by Stephen King. <clears throat> the adaptations <clears throat> of said books to uh, other films um, are just as fair game, uh, which means an unforgettable image dropped into the movie when an earthquake strikes New York City, of course. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the Overlook Hotel is pretty much like the... Oh, yeah, sorry. Number 11 is Christine, of course, um, of Stephen King's strictly horror novels adapted into motion pictures. The infamous Christine, done in 1983, um, may be the second most famous behind The Shining. So the previous Easter egg, which was the picture of the Overlook Hotel, you know, was from the movie The Shining, so... But uh, at least in terms of setting a trend of, um, for horror fans um, of vehicles brought to life to commit evil deeds, in the book, the car was bright red, 
and in, in 1958 Plymouth Fury, previously owned by a man named Roland uh, D. LeBay. A hint that uh, King's affection for the name would continue forward to the Dark Tower. Um, the movie and car get a shout out when Jake is talking to his neighbor and friend in his bedroom about his visions. The boy named the boy named Timmy opens the scene by idly pushing a model car back and forth along the floor of the room. A car looking an awful lot like a nineteen fifty eight Plymouth. So number ten is Rose Drawings. Uh, most of Jake's drawings are straightforward to anyone who has seen the real things. The Man in Black, the Dark Tower, and even Roland the Gunslinger. But amidst uh, these recreations of Jake's vision, one can be uh, seen scattered throughout um, that isn't actually explained in the course of the film. Uh, we're referring to the blood-red roses visible in only a few shots, uh, which actually refers to more than one key plot element in the novels. First, there is a first. There's the Can Canore, uh, or the red fields of none uh, that surround the tower itself. Uh, those roses are possessed um, of the magic needed to uh, quietly sing a siren song calling souls to the Dark Tower. Um, but more importantly, a single such uh, rose exists in a vacant lot in New York City. At the corner of uh, 2nd Avenue and 46th Street, uh, the flower is eventually protected by Rowan in the books, since uh, its destruction would bring about the Dark Tower's fall all on its own. Thank goodness the man in black never realized it in the movie. Number nine is Cujo. None of all uh, Stephen King's horror stories are based in the supernatural Um with no better example than Cujo. Uh, the story of a good dog driven mad by rabies terrorizing a small town, specifically a mother and son, is named uh, for the dog in question, a St. Bernard bitten by a rabbit bat. As it turns out, the dog was actually named by King as a reference to Willie Wolf, a member of the 1970s radical political group known as the Symbionis uh, Liberation Army. The book even includes, uh, sorry, the book even concludes with a puppy named Willie, which isn't the only time the group will uh, be mentioned in the list. Uh, it's the dog itself who gets a nod in the Dark Tower when a woman can be seen walking a large St. Bernard down the street, 
completely oblivious uh, to the trails of Jake Chambers or Rowan. Uh, so he will. Uh, he still seems to be a good dog, meaning the rabies is still a long way off. Uh, number eight, all hail the Crimson King. Uh, when Jake finds his way to the house in Dutch Hill, Brooklyn, his story heads into another great, uh, sorry, in, in another gear, doing battle with a demonic house uh, and being transported to Mint World will do that. So... Um, yeah, being transported to Mint World will do, will do that. Before he leaves, he notes graffiti uh, in the house reading All Hail the Crimson King. And later, the man in black runs uh, his hand along the very message. It's shown otherwise in the... It's shown uh, elsewhere in the film uh, without ever being explained. But for those who have read the books, it's not uh, to the uh, real rivalry. Sorry, it's not to the real rivalry going on. On the surface, uh, the Dark Tower is a tale of vengeance between Roland and the Man in Black. So that's on the surface, of course. In reality, the Man in Black, A.K.A. Walter, is a servant of the Crimson of the Crimson King. A timeless even evil being locked within the dark tower and largely uh comparable to Satan. The graffiti shows that dynamic is clearly still at work, although the real nature of the dark tower's place in the book series does raise some questions about the state of the Crimson King's followers. Number seven the it connection. Most Stephen King fans will voice their shock in the theater upon Jake's discovery of the dilap sorry the dilapidated sorry dilapidated uh, and um, buried theme park uh, bearing the name uh, Pennywise. Not only is it a sorry, not only is it the comfortable name. Uh, sorry, not comfortable name. Sorry. Not only is it the unforgettable name of the murderous clean, uh, clown in King's It, so Pennywise is it pretty much, but the clown itself can almost be seen protruding from the ground. His hand, his hand, still holding a bunch of balloons, is visible, and uh, what may be a red hat. Beside it, showing um, Pennywise's face is just below the surface. Count yourselves lucky for that one. Um, more movie, go more movie go for moviegoers. It's yet another um, obvious possible to uh, most. Uh, sorry, to miss homage to King. So. Uh, yeah, so I mean, of course, it's you know, it's yet another obvious and possible miss homage to King, of course. So, um, but for book readers, um, 
It's actually faithful to shared uh, universe Stephen King created using his Dark Tower series, working several of his previous stories into its fiction. In fact, the Man in Black's ability to shapeshift has led uh, some to suspect that Pennywise is a similar form of demon. Um, but we're not sure that mystery will actually be confirmed or denied when the new It hits theaters. Number six is The Shine. Um, as evidence of just how much the world of the Dark Tower and King's other stories really is. Fans should, play, uh, should pay close attention to the abilities of the film's protagonist, Jake. In the world of, um, in the, world of the books, the ability is referred to by the residents of Midworld as the Touch, making Jake able to sense and see a reality far beyond his other senses. Even more powerful than the seers of Midworld, the touch is what Jake and the Men in Black have in common, as well as another child in a famous King story. Um, we're referring to, of course, um, I'm referring to, of course, uh, Danny Torrance, the little boy terrorized by the ghostly inhabitants of the overlooked hotel which was the you know first Easter egg, but yeah that was of course um, yeah in The Shining. <clears throat> in that story, the uh, the titular Shining is a reference to Danny's ability to not only see the overlooks um, spirits but bring them to life. In King's novel, The Stand, prophetic visions are said to be the shining lamp of God, sometimes just the shine. In the movie, the parallels between Danny and Jake are made even clearer, swapping out the touch and referring to psychic abilities as the shine. Um, Misery's Child, of course, will be number five. So, um, The Man in Black doesn't work alone in the movie. Um, but relies on a team of techs to monitor and launch attacks from psychic children against the tower. Uh, during one scene set in his base of operations, a copy of the novel uh, clearly titled Misery's Child can be seen sitting on a council, in a console, of course. That's the name of the book that launches the events of Stephen King's book Misery, as well as the 1990 film. Uh, in the book, Misery's Child is the final story by romance novelist Paul Sheldon, so, where, and when he's caught in a car accident and nursed back to health by an admiring fan, the revelation uh, that uh, Misery's Child will kill his longtime heroine, Misery Chaston. Paul's nightmare really begins. Um, 
since the book, like the film, earned acclaimed, uh, sorry, earned acclaim, uh, we have to assume that t- that taste is psychological in psychological thriller novels extends well beyond the realm of our Earth. So number four is fourteen dash oh eight, which that was one of the main Easter eggs I caught in the film while watching it. The trend of Easter eggs that are po- that are impossible not to spot for fans of Stephen King's writing career continues to f- uh, the to the film's portals. Um, the dest- the first destination input by Jake's uh, is of nineteen nineteen, a number appearing to him in several of his visions, both abstract and as an address uh, in the small town of Breakers, psychic children being used by the men in black, sorry, by the man in black. Uh, The number 19 is a popular one for King on his own, but uh, the other gate shown prominently is an even more explicit reference. When Jake is preparing to head to Keystone Earth, uh, he's told by an uh, elder Midworld resident uh, that he uh, should note their own gate for when he needs to return. Uh, the number, 14-08, over the doorway, also happens to be the title of yet another Stephen King work, 1408, which was also a movie starring um, uh, John Cusack and, of course, Samuel Jackson. But, yeah, uh, so a following a man trapped in a hotel room of horrors. So that story was, you know, of course, uh, adapted into a movie starring John Cusack in, in 2007. Uh the Black 13 will be the third. Uh, the film may not have, sorry, may, uh, the film may not dive into some of the book series magic as such, sorry, as much as fans may wish, but several magical enchantments or technology are shown and allude to without explanation. When the Man in Black uh, goon, when the Men in Black's goons arrive to kidnap Jake from Roland, the audience gets to see um, the attack from the villain's point of view. The Man in Black selects a magical stone ball from a collection and uses it uh, to see over the distance that separates his base of operations and Roland. And... These are no ordinary orbs. Um, there are, sorry, they are the collection of seeing stones known as Maryland's Rainbow, uh, named for the ancient demonic being that rose from the prim, sorry, from the prim alongside a dark tower. The Prima, the prima, sorry, the primordial, the primordial, sorry, 
Eh, I'm not good at pronouncing these words. The primordial, um, on an unformed world that exists before realities are construct. Um, the most sinister of the Baker's dozen was known as Black Thirteen, which allowed the Crimson King to keep a uh, weather eye on Midworld here. Uh, so here, the audience is left to wonder, like the readers, about the abilities and uses of the other dozen. Uh, number two would be the smiley face. To emphasize just how cruel and twisted the man in black uh, truly is, Roland and Jake find that he has done more than kill the boy's mother and stepfather. Um, there will be no love uh, lost for Lon. So, left uh, lying on the kitchen floor, but Jake's mother is uh, a different story. As if the charred outline uh, of her body on the floor um, wasn't bad enough. The man black um, psychically encodes memories of her actual death into a note on a wall. Uh, a simple hello there and a smiley face presumed drawn with the ashes of Jake's mother. Uh, while the attribute, um, while some attribute the smiley face of King's uh of Stephen King's novel, Mr. Mercedes, the reference is more logically. Um a nod to the man in black's uh origins. So uh as uh, as as those who do who go digging into the character's history will know the man in black is actually Walter Paddock. Um who has claimed a number of names throughout King's books, including the villainous role of Randolph Flagg in The Stand. Uh, the villain was shaped by the 1970s, of course, um, specifically influenced uh, by the leader of the Symbiotis uh, Liberation Army, Donald DeFreeze. Um, that includes the smiley face button, um, he wore on his jacket. And, last but not least, number one, the Shawshank Connection. Um, it wasn't just the horror genre that Stephen King changed forever, but the world of magic. Unforgettable tales of prisoners pursuing their freedom. Uh, the Shawshank Redemption, in, which was done in 1994, is actually a Short version of the novel, sorry, the novella's title, released in a 1982 uh, collection of King stories. The original title is Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption, referring to the large post poster of the actress that protagonist Andy uh, the Fresney uh, hangs in his uh, cell. In the book, it's actually a poster of singer Lydia 
uh, Ron Stant, not uh, Rachel Welch, uh, left scene, not, not, sorry, not Rachel Welch, uh, sorry, not Raquel Welch, uh, left uh, ceiling Andy's tunnel. So, but it was Rita Hayworth who first gave him the idea and means of sealing, sorry, of concealing, sorry, the, uh, the, actually the poster of Lydia, sorry, the, actually the poster of singer Lydia Ronstant, not Raquel Welch, left uh, concealing Andy's tunnel, but it was Rita Hayworth uh, who first gave him the idea and means of concealing his escape. Uh, it's an unforgettable image for fans of the film, and the exact poster reappears in the Dark Tower as Rowan uh, rummages through uh, a guns, sorry, through a guns and ammunition store, uh, even placing his hand on the image as he too looks for his way out. So that does it, Dark Tower fans. Every Easter egg, uh, inter-novel reference, and allusion to the a uh, larger world of Stephen King's writing career um, that we could spot in the film in the repeat uh, viewings to come. More are guaranteed to be spotted, so be sure to let us... Uh, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, be sure to um, pay you know, watch out for that, you know, for upcoming references to the Dark Tower sequel. I want to go on record that the Dark Tower movie has made $58 million worldwide, $2 million shy of the movie's production budget. Visit us and like us on Facebook. We are available on iTunes and the Google Play Music app.